Welcome to another episode of the Reboot Chronicles, a no-holds-barred forum with global leaders, authors, entrepreneurs, and CEOs about how organizations stay focused on growth and innovation in unprecedented times. I'm your host, Dean DeBias, coming to you live from Revive's North American headquarters in Chicago, and we would like to thank you for joining us from around the globe today. I'd like to welcome a good friend and a Kellogg colleague to the program today, Toby Redshaw. He's a global thought leader and senior VP of innovation and 5G at Verizon, where he's focused on building the future of 5G inside and the fourth industrial revolution. Sounds like a fun job, Toby. Yeah, no, it's, uh, uh, I think it's the best job at Verizon, actually. My my mission is to take everything that we've got inside and everything we've done on 5G and work with enterprises, government, uh, not-for-profits, uh, educational institutions, national labs, and really kind of marry pragmatism and innovation together to to develop real stuff uh, with 5G and have real impact. So yeah, it's an exciting, uh, exciting time. Pragmatism and innovation. All right, we'll get into that. Just so everybody knows what kind of scope he's dealing with. Um, this is the number 19 on the Fortune 500 list with $132 billion in annual revenue. Verizon's one of the largest communications and technology companies in the world. They've got about 135,000 employees and they serve 99% of the Fortune 500 companies. I'd like to know who that one stickler is, by the way, um, that hasn't come over to your side. <laughs> And they're in over 150 locations around the world. I think last count I saw there was 1,600 retail locations. So that's quite some uh, girth you have there in terms of size and scope. I thought maybe you could just start out by maybe grounding us in what is Verizon up to? It's not just your mom's phone company anymore. And um, how do you, what's your role there? How do you actually navigate uh, growth and innovation at uh, Verizon? So, so a couple of things about uh, about Verizon, right? We are a global uh, company. We're structured into three uh, three areas. We have the Verizon Media Group um, that includes the AOL, uh, Yahoo uh, acquisitions, uh, the Riot uh, Film Studio, some very very cool stuff uh, um, over on that side. The world's largest video CDN. Uh, lives there. Um, we have the consumer group, which is U.S. Uh, uh, U.S. focused, very dominant uh, brand. We've won most of the awards for the last decade uh, on the consumer side. And then I live inside the enterprise public sector, uh, the business group. And so we have three CEOs running uh, uh, running each one of those. Um, very very broad footprint. Huge telematics business. Huge IoT. Um, uh, we, we own a drone firm that's really starting to grow, but my mission is to look across the entire piece and work with partners, whether that's in one of our innovation labs or in a co-managed, uh, a customer innovation hub. And, and we're right at the cusp of 5G having real business impact and, and releasing a series of platforms and solutions that I think are really going to, uh, uh, revolutionize uh, a lot of a lot of verticals right and um again the you know in, in a company your size it it's got to be challenging right to kind of get that growth and innovation even if it's just the enterprise group i, I get all the consumer facing stuff but how do you uh how do you kind of drive that forward what's your group challenged with so i I think um, I, I think at Verizon it might be a little easier than at some uh, uh, 
some companies. I mean, we have, we have essentially bet the company on 5G, right? We are right. in, our foundation is to be the best network company. And as networks evolve to software-defined cloud-native networks, which is techno gobbledygook for platforms and solutions, um, the actual core of the company is about future tech, right? We very publicly did this. We went first. We spent a lot of uh, a lot of time getting out into the market first. Not and not money, so billions, good. billions of dollars. Yeah, we we spend eighteen billion a year on capital, so this is not a small thing that we're doing. So no. if that's your north star inside the company, you by default get. Um, uh, uh, get this focus on innovation and being uh, being the innovative leader. The other thing is a lot like the culture that you and I spent a lot of time in at, at FedEx. Our anchor, our credo at Verizon, the one that pretty much everybody can can say out loud, ends with a sentence about continuous improvement. So. Mm. North Star is new technology, it's new horizons, and the anchor of our credo is continuous improvement. Probably a little easier for me to work in the innovation space at a company like that, that, that is a tech company, uh, than, um, uh, than say if I was in, in automotive or building locomotion, lo locomotive engines. Our, our entire brand promise is trust and innovation. It's just two words. So that sort of that right. sort of helps. Let's ground it down a bit before we, before we kind of unpack a lot of the uh, topics here. But some people, all they know is they went to a, a Verizon store, AT&T store, or whatever, and they got a 4G phone. Now they're getting a 5G phone. Um, they're not really sure. Is there a 6G or a 10G? They're like, geez, when do I know I've got what I need? So... The, the big thing to know about 4G to 5G is that it is a massive change, right? It is, um, it is different in three fundamental ways. Uh, it's fundamental ways. Um, for the first time, you're going to see a huge business impact. Mm -hmm. There were new models and new businesses created on top of 4G, but 5G will be very enterprise-centric. It's going to change healthcare. It's going to change education. It's going to change retail. Uh, it's going to change video uh, um, uh, collaboration. And we went first. Um, I helped run the team back in at the end of 16 that built the first spec uh, with partners, uh, LG, Apple, Nokia, Ericsson, Samsung, Intel, Qualcomm, and Cisco with their top people, like the chief scientist from Intel, the president I of yeah. I remember that. You guys were out in front there. You were way yeah, out ahead. So and we did that, and we brag about it a little bit. We're kind of proud of it, which is okay. But one of the real reasons we did that is this is so different that we knew we had to get into the market, get our hands on it, get the dirt under our fingernails, get the uh, the muscle memory, because the engineering and the operation and providing quality service and the things you can do with it are so different than 4G um that that hands-on thing it's like if we decide to go learn rugby and play it we can study rugby all we want you've got to be on the field getting the bruises getting the bumps making the mistakes so starting a year or two ahead of everybody else we think that's kind of uh, kind of valuable yeah that was smart you laid the foundation now you can do vertical um application so let's dig into one you mentioned retail we have a lot of retail audience uh, Revive being the sponsor of uh, the reboot chronicles um tell us about 
the impact of 5G in retail, the types of things that you're rolling out, types of examples. For instance, with Revive, it's all about bring your own device and use it for analytics for everything from skincare to makeup to supplements. But there are thousands of applications in, in retail that you and I could rattle off. How? Um, what's your message to some of the big retailers out there? So, so 5G and a few other technologies wrapped around that, um, AI, big data, uh, AR, VR, the whole XR uh, uh, world, um, uh, IoT and cloud, all those things are going to hockey stick in the next four or five years, right? <laughs> yep. You can look backwards and go, wow, look where we were 10 years ago. Look how far we've come in each of those technologies. And it's a really steep curve. The next five years is going to make that part look flat, right? That is the essential thinking, the foundation of what everybody refers to as the fourth industrial revolution, right? There's lots of talk about it. What that is at its core is those four technologies riding on the back of a super low latency, fat bandwidth, designed for IoT efficacy, uh, hyper-secure network will create a flywheel and really, really change things. The key thing to remember about the fourth industrial revolution is, look, it's everybody believes it's an industrial revolution. The last three changed the world. So it is really, really smart people starting out of Davos and the World Economic Forum believe we are on the cusp of a world uh, scale change in, in technology. Inside of that, that's going to deliver with 5G four or five platforms that completely change uh, uh, retail. Just like the other industrial revolutions, there will be adopters and winners. There will be uh, people that kind of sit back and, and watch, and that will be uh, problematic. Let me give you three real examples, right? So sure. I can take a dumb $50 camera, uh, connected with 5G that does massive bandwidth super fast back to the edge of the network. And here's the huge difference about a 5G network than a 4G network. Because it's software defined and cloud native, the edge of the network becomes a computer. So if you're not a technologist, just understand that 4G is a telco network. 5G is a really, really fast fat bandwidth network with a supercomputer built into your back pocket. So dumb $50 camera, I can send that back to the edge. I can take those pixels and do any kind of pattern recognition you want. Um, are the retail shelves stocked in the way that your planogram is set up? Tell me that in real time. Not what's always. What's the heat map? Yeah, well, what's the heat map that's moving around? What's my real-time inventory? How do I do real-time demand shaping for people who are in my store or on the way to the store or around the store? Um, how do I do real-time uh, uh, couponing? Um, I can do that with the same dumb $50 camera yep. and 5G edge pointing down uh, the end. On another scale, of another platform that will come out is a camera, whether it's in your uh, in your phone or, uh, or in a device that you're, you're carrying, can be aware of where you are in the store and can in real time give you AR information on your glasses or on your device about your engagement with the store. I can say, Dean, welcome back. You're walking by the, you know, your favorite food, tagliatelle with the bolognese, and I'm going to give you a discount on that today because we're so glad you're back. Or I hold up the camera and walk down the, the aisle, and it immediately puts a red X 
on every box that has nuts in it because my twins have a, um, a nut allergy. Right. And if they eat nuts, it'll kill them. So I kind of really want to know, uh, uh, I really want to know that. And if you don't have super low latency and that intelligence built in, what if the X popped up half a second too late on the wrong box, right? So that whole uh, engagement, and then very simply, I can put AI at the edge. So I can take all of the information from your factory floor, from your mall, from your big box retailer, and we can combine that and do some rudimentary um, uh, machine learning against it and, and make, your, uh, um, make your operation much more intelligent. We've, we've distilled it down to a series of, of, of Ps, right? We think if you put in cognitive video, AI at the edge, next-gen immersive, um, uh, uh, next-gen immersive, immersive platforms, your operations become proactive and precise and preventative and pattern-matched and peer-connected and predictive. And your customer engagement also becomes those things, which means your customer value proposition is better. Your engagement is stickier. It's more intelligent. I get recognized more. And in retail, if my operations are more defect-free and are better, same story at FedEx, right, Uh, are better than yours, and my customer engagement is richer and deeper and more personalized and more proactive um, and more patterned back to what my real current supply chain in-store capability is, I, I win, right? Cheaper cost structure, less defects, better uh, customer engagement. I mean, that's really all, uh, all retail is at the end of the day, those two, uh, those yeah. two things married together. Yeah, I'm just working on an article right now, post-pandemic uh, or second phase pandemic, let's call it, um, how uh, in talking with retailers and brands and interviewing them and, and, and discussing it with some of the top guys, the need to go to a, a less touchy environment. I won't say touchless because that'll never happen in this world. Yeah. But um, so the whole point, this is where I hold up my phone, I don't have, but the whole point about bring your own device, use your own device, the trend that we were seeing and um, promoting with AI and other tools, I think is accelerating rapidly. So that seems to fit right into this 5G roadmap. Yeah, the richness of... One of the big differences between 4G and 5G is the latency, which is the telco geek terms for how quickly does it capture, let's say, use your phone, capture data from an image, send it back to the edge, do the compute and come back. And that's 30 milliseconds, right? That's one-tenth of a blink of an eye. So the, the engagement, whether it's through, I'm wearing some sort of uh, glasses and there's there's a, co- there's a great company in Brooklyn right now that makes... Uh, AR glasses that look like the ones we're wearing, you wouldn't know. Right. Or it can pop up on my iPad or on my uh, uh, on my phone. Um, but it pops up in real time, so it's exactly where you need it. It's got the compute uh, um, the compute built in, so that changes the engagement. I think what you're going to see in many areas is the addition of snackable digital commerce on top of uh, uh, retail. Another really interesting area is volumetric capture, right? If you go back yeah, into the what's that? Past, so if you go back into this past like, you know, two, three, four, five years ago, the only people who were doing this were big Hollywood production firms, right? The Avatar or uh, The Hobbit or The Lord of the Rings uh, movies uh, or Star Wars. The guy that won the science Oscar for Star Wars, who then went uh, uh, to New Zealand and worked on the Tolkien movies, 
works out of my 5G lab in New York and has built a volumetric capture studio using current technology and 5G, it's literally 1,600 times better per unit dollar for throughput. So now you don't have to have a avatar-sized uh, movie budget to use this, right? You can use this for anything. I can, I can put you in this little space. And oh, by the way, it's portable. I can mm -hmm. put you in this little space scan you down to sub millimeter and then put an outfit on you and then put another outfit on you and put another outfit and you can see yourself in motion wearing different output uh, outfits with a click of a button we so virtual that, virtual virtual try on application yeah, there. so we think we think everything in um uh in retail and cpg is going to move to 3d uh much quicker than than you can think right why would i why would I put a 2D object on the web if I can put a 3D object on the web, right? Um, now, I do, I do think people underestimate the, and I think you're going to see this come back after, uh, uh, after this crisis uh, um, subsides. People underestimate the social attention and service that you get in retail, right? I think people... Um, uh, people like that. Now, I think it will diminish uh, given what we've gone through, but uh, but there's no scenario where all of this goes virtual. But giving the customers the opportunity to mix and match that and blend the virtual in, I think in, in retail um, will work. Imagine you're going to a fancy store or a big box retailer and it's proactive and preventative and predictive and pattern matched and peer connected and precise and it recognizes dean and it it's got a longitudinal it says uh, dean the last time you're here you bought a lot of wine come this way yeah or with you it, with you, you it'd be cigars god you've got a couple of three digital assets that go with that wine that you bought that says hey you know we know what's in your cart you could make this that pairs with that wine really well or or, or how about this? We know we know that you bought these three things, and and, and this happened to me at a, a fantastic Italian restaurant in uh, in New York years ago, where I am now a regular. The 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 waiter said, oh, "You really like that wine?" I go, "Yeah, I love that wine." He goes, "Try this. It's better, and it's thirty dollars cheaper." And I tasted it, and it was right. And now now I'm stuck. So. Being my trusted retail advocate, because you recognize me and doing little things like that in a real-time way and adding in digital assets, imagine that fantastic experience. And then imagine the store next door that's still doing 4G, my phone doesn't really work on aisle six, that sort of place. Which one do you want to go to? Or imagine it's a healthcare facility. Do you, do you want the one that has all of those P's that I mentioned, or do you want the old one? That's a lot of P's, yeah. too. Yeah, you know, I like yeah. the I like the waiter guy. Um, uh, sign me up for that. Um, is AI good enough where it can actually do that now? Yeah, and so here's a here's a big misconception about AI, right? Um, mm -hmm. Beating the Korean Go champion, or winning at Jeopardy, or processing the data out of the fusion reactor at Lawrence Livermore, those are really really hard AI problems. You're looking at billions of rows of data. Right. Uh, you're looking at 30 layers of machine learning, optimizing a real environment or a factory floor, as complicated as those things are, or or a FedEx. Um, 
it's not billions of rows of data. It's not 28 layers of. Um, no, it's pretty uh, defined. 28 layers. It's it's pretty much some open source Lego going. You know, here's some patterns we've seen. Here's some predictions that we've got. Here's some pre preventative stuff. And uh, maybe one of the most important things that people forget in AI is tell the general manager of that big box store, hey, here's some anomalies that we're not really sure what they mean, right. but you're the expert, go figure these out, right? I think there's a huge, uh, huge upside. So 5G in a way will make AI pervasive um, and it will make it um, real time. And the world works in real time, right? Back at FedEx, getting a little message in your ear saying you're about to be run over by a tug a minute after you've been run over by a tug, not, not good. super useful, right? Not useful. <laughs> but saying, hey, Dean, stop, tug coming, you're going to intercept. Uh, and, you know, we do that with traffic. We do that with uh, intersections and other things. So I think that um, that's going to work. But, but again, one of the P's is permissioned. Yep. Uh, and precise. So you've got to be very, very careful how you do this uh, and not in a creepy way. And my my sort of rule of thumb is customers will opt into things that have true benefit for them. Right. True. So if my experience at the retail shop is more engaging, more personalized, I feel recognized. I've got better deals. They're optimizing my spend and I go walk away with digital assets that really help me with whatever it was I just bought. Oh, I'm, I'm all in on that. Totally all in. By the way, a point of reference and full disclosure, uh, Toby uh, keeps referring to FedEx. Both he and I worked there when we were children in Fred Smith's uh, uh, executive yeah. team. And we were, we were each uh, nominated the youngest managing directors at that company. So that's where we cut our teeth. And I, was, I, think I was actually first. Yeah, you told me was actually younger. And uh, what yeah. are you going to do about that? Um, at the uh, risk of getting a little wonky, um, one of the other things besides AI that I teach at Kellogg uh, to executives like you in an executive program is the whole way of how do you do growth and innovation these days. So I set up a scenario of build, buy, and borrow. So it'd be interesting to get your perspectives on when you look to build something new, you you rattle off 29 partners in one sentence there. So I know you know this cold. Uh, how do you decide, hey, we're going to build this core technology. We're going to maybe acquire these bits of technologies or companies, but we're going to borrow these. We're going to partner with these companies. And how do you think about that mix as you're trying to figure out what are you going to do next now? So it sounds like the next for you is a lot of vertical applications of a infrastructure that is, you know, pretty massive investment out there. Yeah. So think of think of it as sort of a three layer cake, right? You've got this fantastic 5G network, which is a really, really complicated, expensive thing to engineer. So if you're not good at that, the rest of it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, Because, exactly. I mean, because it's literally billions of dollars. And if you're off by 10%, then you've just blown, what, 180 million, you know, $1.8 billion worth of waste, right? And not many companies can, can survive that. Yeah, that whole Even millisecond, worse, the millisecond example is very telling. Yeah, and even even worse, bad engineering or substandard engineering uh, in the network translates into bad customer experience. So not only have you blown mm. your capital utilization approach, but you've ruined your experience. So it's it's a difficult, complicated, deep end of the pool thing. But that's the foundational layer that we're very uh, very proud of. On top of that, there are platforms, right? Cognitive video, AI at the edge the AR stuff we talked about, uh, volumetric capture, 
the next generation of this kind of interaction. And then on top of those are verticalized solutions. So we do have a difficult uh, build by borrow partner uh, thing. And I think there are there are two things, um, uh, uh, two, two or three things that folks miss, right? There has never been a rate of change in technology as fast as the one we're going through now, right? They're calling that a fourth industrial revolution, a world shifting thing for a reason. The last industrial revolutions took decades. This one is going to take five or six years. So if you're not good at innovation, I don't care what business you're in, this is going to be a real problem. And so then then directly to your question, um, I think there's a couple of things in there. I, I think um, humility might be the biggest asset when you're looking at these, right? It would be oh, wow. it would be really easy for Verizon to go, oh, you know, we're a big Verizon, we're super innovative, we'll build some 5G labs and we'll co-innovate and everything will be perfect, yeah. right? Good, good buzzwords, um, right. Exactly. Yeah, um, but but what we did when we built the 5G labs is we found a little itty bitty partner in New York uh, and we said, look, you help us run these things, right? We want you to engage with the local startup environment. We want you to be uh, our partner. Now, we're a giant elephant and they're little tiny mouse and occasionally we tread on them and squash them. We have to go, oh, look, I'm really sorry. But right. that's an example of a really big company being humble enough to go, boy, I need I need help on uh, um, uh, on on innovation. The other thing that's really, um, uh, really important is that when you buy something, yep. you've made a build, you've also made a build decision. Exactly. Right. So, so we, we've, we are extremely happy with the, uh, um, the bringing blue jeans into the family, right. To, to the next generation collaborative, uh, video tech and where that can go. Fantastic team, great Legoized technology. But the moment we bought it, we're now in the build business because you don't build it and then just let it sit there, right? I've got to have another release and another release. And I right. know that it, I know at the competition for blue jeans, there's a war room with the word blue jeans put on it. Go, how do we beat those guys, right? Exactly. Just how right. EHL had one of those uh, massively uh, poorly though when they were fighting uh, fighting FedEx back in the day. Let's so, dig in. Uh, let's dig. Let's dig into that for a second because the, uh, um, it's great that you you've acquired it and now you're in the build business. Some people are actually in the killing business. They they don't utilize the assets. You guys know you need this. It's strategic. It's core. It's not a rounding error. And even though it was a small company, so they were coming at it from an education point of view. Zoom was more of a you know corporate kind of point of view, and now is going after education. So your your grids on the wall must be competitively interesting. But um, yeah, what's your what's your what's your thought there? How, how does Zoom become the uh, the next, uh, I'm sorry, the, how does the Blue Jeans become the next uh, Verizon, quite frankly, the core? Um, so so I, th I think um, it's one of those, like the underlying network, it's one of those things that touches every vertical, right? Um, it touches the business of business, right? In whatever business you're in, human interaction and teamwork and engagement really, really matter, right? Um, right. Face-to-face uh, -face just matters. It would, it would, uh, it would be idiotic to say, "Hey, let's have lots of meetings, but let's blindfold everybody before we start them because that's a really good idea and that will be helpful." Right? That's what we did with teleconferences. We, sure, we do. Yeah. Exactly. And with global companies, the chances of people being in the same room with all the talent—that's just nonsense, right? So, right. so 
So it's the fabric of modern business uh, to build these. If only blue jeans had been acquired uh, by a company that had a giant media business that was, you know, had the largest AI Hadoop stack on earth and really understood in intelligence and was building out a series of AR and, uh, and VR experiences on the back of this fantastically rich 5G network technology, man, that'd be a really good idea. Oh, wait a minute. We we did that. So we did that. So back yeah. to, and so your timing's good. Humility, it's booming. Yep. Back to humility. We we've we've got to not like pat ourselves on the back for finding this this perfect match at a perfect time. We've got to go, okay, we bought it. Now we're in the build business. How do we judicious, judiciously uh, extend it and, and grow it? And a huge part of that, whether you build by your partner, is the outside-in view um, uh, of your business, right? L really deeply listening uh, and engaging with customers. And so we've built out a 5G lab network um, uh, where we co-host customers and dig through that. And almost, almost every customer I've taken through the lab, and now we're building uh, building 5G into customers' innovation centers. We have three of those lit up. Uh, we're doing a whole bunch, uh, a whole bunch more. The way the way it happens, Dean, is people get their get their hands on the technology and they play with it, right? And they're in there, going, "Oh, so this is what you meant in the PowerPoint. This is what you meant in the conversation. Real life 5G." And it always ends with this. Um, it ends with, "You know what I would do with that? Here's what I would do with that." Um, there's uh, a exactly. there's a genius engineer. You may have met him out of. Um, uh, out of Xerox Park, he's the reason why we have laptops and mice and Ethernet. Um, Alan Kay. Alan, yeah. He said, "Look, Brilliant. he said, I, he said context is worth 80 IQ points. Um, now that means <laughs> lack of context is negative 80 IQ points, which is not a good thing. So especially when we engage with retail partners or or other verticals, the humility to really listen." and not show up as, hey, we're the 5G experts. We really know how all of this works, which, you know, we really do. Yeah. But that's not the point. It's the one plus one. It's the community. One plus one equals three. It's the cumulative IQ and context that really, uh, really gets you uh, going there. So we look strategically back to your border, but your, your broader question. We think being a partner of choice is a sustainable competitive advantage. Now, are we great at that? Not not fantastic yet. You know, do we make mistakes? Have we made mistakes with some acquisitions in the past? Sure, but we have the ability and the humility and the vision to continually get better, right? It's the last line in the credo of the company is, is continuous improvement. So I think that more than any particular metric uh, against buy, build, partner, uh, where there's a lot of financial metrics uh, uh, yep. in that. Uh, That's in perfect. That. Thanks. Thanks for taking everyone on a nice journey and uh, opening your um, kind of unpacking your uh, your innovation labs. It's uh, it's been very helpful. Uh, any parting words, Toby, for uh, innovators out there that are working in these large corporations about um, the outlook of growth and innovation for companies your size? Yeah, I you, you've got to whether you do it with us or somebody else, you've got to burn a few hours on. What is 5G? How does it fit inside of these change waves? There are about 10 change waves uh, impacting business right now, including the fourth industrial revolution. 
what does that mean to my sector? Let me more deeply understand that, because if not, you're 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 flying blind. Uh, yeah. And if your competition, it's like the nail gun, right? You're in the construction business. You're all your competitors have the nail gun, and you're sticking with the hammer. That, yeah. that's not a good thing. Speaking for someone that has a nail gun, that's a perfect uh, analogy. Listen, next time um, we'd love to do this uh, at one of your uh, innovation labs there in uh, New Jersey. It'd be great to see you live and uh, see some examples. It'd be awesome. It will literally blow your mind. I had uh, I had a, a person from what I think is one of the top incubators in the Northeast come through right before we shut down for COVID. She swore out loud when we put her through some of our uh, experiences there. Yeah. In a good way, not in a good. bad way. She was like, holy, she's from New York, so you know how they speak. But it was like amazing. And so I, 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 do, I do think it's a really sort of mind opener and what the possibilities are, are, are a huge, huge new shift. Perfect. Thanks. You've been listening to Toby Richaw, the head of innovation in 5G at Verizon, little company there on the East Coast and uh, globally uh, one of the leaders. So look forward to talking to you again. Thanks for joining us. 